Welcome to the Bump Fairies podcast. Whoop, whoop. Like the Tooth Fairy, <laughs> only fatter. And prettier. We're prettier than the Tooth Fairy. We too. are prettier than the Tooth Fairy. Way prettier. Uh, we are here to give you the ins, outs, upside downs, left, rights, inside outs. I remember that that's important. Of surrogacy, <laughs> uh, good, bad, ugly, and everything in between. We keep it real, and that means that if you are not comfortable with curse words or anatomical terms like vagina, this is probably not <laughs> the podcast for you. Definitely not. If you like organized legality in your podcast, you're probably not going to get that either. But if you're a freaking amazing human being like we are, then you've come to the right place. I'm Danielle. I'm Kate. And I'm Heather. Peace out, guys. Hey, y'all. We're back. And today we're going to talk about some of the implications of surrogacy rights. So I'm going to hand it over to Heather on this one. Right. There should be like a something that we make new surrogates like say over and over till it's in their heads is you're not just a uterus you're still a person you did not sign over your life to have a baby for someone else we need you to write this 300 times on a sheet of paper and turn it right i feel like i've seen like women who come across as like strong independent women who are like, well, they said, and they said, and they're like rescheduling their life to do something at this time because they said, and it's like, whoa, you probably still have a husband or children or a job or all of the above. Like you have responsibilities that should take priority over surrogacy. Surrogacy takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication, a lot of time. A lot. All the time. But things can be organized and it doesn't have to cancel out. Yeah, like like it takes away, it takes a little bit away from your children, from your family, from your life. Yes, just like if you were to take up running, that would take time away. No matter what you do, it's going to take time away from your family. At the same time, you need to not let it take over your entire life. So being able to speak up for yourself and saying like, yes, I know I need this screening appointment. I can do it any of these days, but they, it doesn't have to be the Monday they tell you. It can be the Fridays that you already have off. Stand up for yourself. Those are little things, appointment times, transfer times. Like, oh, they told me transfer is going to be. And it's like, yes, I, like, I understand that they want to transfer as soon as possible, but you've had this cruise booked for a year for the end of July. Yeah. You've had a cruise booked. I know you want to transfer, and I know you're excited. It needs to wait a month. Like, these things should not be pushed totally into the gutter because you want to do a surrogacy or you want to help someone because that doesn't – it's not the be-all to end-all. Yeah, like, you can be flexible and not be an ass and still maintain your life. Like, the things that were important to you – still need to be important to you like there's flexibility and then there's just being walked all over yeah definitely and those are the little things and there are bigger things when you come to contracts say you have something that you are just not gonna budge on you're like oh this is a big deal to me pick something mileage my work i am more than 50 miles from my hospital when i am at work so that to me was like it has to be in my contract. No, you cannot tell me I can't go more than 50 miles from the hospital 
you know, for the last 20 yeah. weeks of my pregnancy. That's not going to work for me. Sorry. Yeah. That, that doesn't work. Right. And you're going to have a lawyer, usually. Usually it's not even your IPs or your agency. Sometimes it's just a lawyer who's like, this is how it's going to be. This is how all of my other contracts have been because they've been in the surrogacy world for X amount of years and they've written so many contracts and this is how and why are you being difficult? Oh, I've heard that often. Why are you being difficult? Because I know what I want and I know what I need for this to be successful. And it might not be what Danielle needs or wants for this to be successful or what Kate needs, but I know what I need and what I want for this to be successful. Yours was, say, 50 miles. My, one of my contracts said I couldn't go more than 150 miles away from home after like 22 weeks or something. And I was like, Disneyland is like... (sighs) 200 and whatever so we made the mileage one mile farther than that so that I because I like to go to Disneyland yeah often not gonna give up something that we enjoy doing to pass the time because that's what your standard contract says like stand up for yourself it could be little things it could be big things it's better to address them before you sign your contract than to run into a huge shit storm later or to just feel resentment like if you don't stand up for yourself on something and then that something comes into play you're going to feel resentful that you didn't speak up that you agreed to it when you didn't really want to that you were kind of on the fence because maybe you thought it didn't really it wasn't going to happen and then it happens and then what right or here's a scenario a simple one coffee a lot of contracts will show up at your door and say no caffeine yeah, no, that you, doesn't work for me. You cannot have caffeine for from, you know, med start till delivery. No caffeine. Nope. No sodas, no coffee, no nothing. Nope. Okay, fine. You're like, oh, whatever. I only have a cup of coffee at home in the morning anyway. I don't really drink caffeine. It's not a big deal. Four weeks into puking your brains out every morning at 3 a.m., you're exhausted. You're like, I freaking want some coffee. I want to make some coffee. No big deal. So you have a cup of coffee. In your brain, you're like, oh, whatever. It's not a big deal. So then the next day you have coffee, and then you have coffee again. And then one day you post a picture on Facebook of you having your coffee. That which your intended parents see. And maybe that was a huge deal to them. Caffeine to them was fetal death. Like, how dare you drink coffee? And now you have breached your contract. You have pissed off parents. You have a whole buttload of drama because... You didn't want to stand up for yourself. You thought you knew what was right or what was better. And I am totally the kind of person that would rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. This is not the appropriate place for that attitude at all. Because breaching contract is not a joke. No. There are terms in your contract that say if you breach your contract, you might have to X, Y, Z. This could include paying back all of the fees that you have gotten. And this is not just the money that has been paid to you. This is the money that has been paid for your insurance to the IEF doctor. We're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars because you didn't want to say, no, I need my coffee. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted to, they could make that about your cup of coffee. And that they could, could be your breach of contract. Yeah. And wouldn't you feel like a big fat dummy? Yeah. That your cup of coffee just cost you eight grand. Right. Like, yeah. 
and obviously this goes to many different things like in some trickier situations like termination you say yes I will terminate I completely understand this is your baby all of us go into this with a it'll never happen to me mentality and then here you are pregnant with triplets and they want to reduce too and you're screwed you're screwed because you, you have, had no idea how you were going to feel about that until it actually happened to you. And you have two options. Breach your contract, and then there's three babies that now legally belong to someone else that you forced on someone on top of the thousands of dollars of breach of contract because you didn't think about it and make a good decision. Or you can go through with it, terminate this pregnancy, and have the emotional ramifications of not understanding what you're or, getting yourself into. Exactly. Yeah. Or not thinking, oh, well, that won't happen to me. Yeah, you need to think long and hard about that one because people will say like, oh, I said no termination, but nobody can actually make me terminate a pregnancy because it's my body. And that's actually legally true, but you, that's not like, you can't just say that and then be like, boom, mic drop. Like, That's no. against the whole spirit yeah, of surrogacy. Of yeah, exactly. Like, this is not your baby. Um, and you, like, it's funny because people think when somebody's using a surrogate that they, like, lose rights to make those decisions for their children. And it's like, if you're pregnant with your own baby, you don't want anybody else telling you what to do. Right. So you certainly don't want somebody telling your IPs what to do when you are carrying their baby. So, like, think long and hard. Talk to surrogates who have gone through a selective reduction and make sure that you know where you stand before you sign anything. Definitely true. And that kind of leads into the next part. It's like, yes, it's their baby. It is your body. So that's why things like termination and, well, what else really is there? Termination, selective reduction, um, um, amniocentesis, amniocentesis invasive, um, invasive procedures, and C-sections. I've heard of, I've thankfully never encountered it myself, but I have known other surrogates who have had intended parents who wanted to schedule a C-section. Oh, so they didn't For their the birth. convenience, yes. when it was not medically necessary, mm-hmm. on a surrogate who had never had a C-section or had a need for a C-section in a pregnancy yeah. where there was no indication that it was necessary, it was not recommended by the doctor, and then it becomes... Well, how do you advocate for yourself? This is your pregnancy. This is your body. This is a surgery that you do not need. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it comes down to if the health of the baby is not at risk, then it's your decision. Yeah, it is. Like, and honestly, legally, at the end of the day, it's your decision anyway. It's your body. But don't be that asshole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be that asshole that's like, I'm not doing that because. Well, it's like, look, I have in my contract, you know, my last contract came to me, requested amniocentesis, like I had to agree to it. And I was like, nope. Medically, like yeah. necessary Medical, yes, with a second opinion. Yep. Then I will have an amnio yeah. if needed. Yeah. Not because my charming IP sweet talked my doctor and now. No, no, no. We're going to have a medical necessity and a second opinion that say, yes, this is a procedure that we need because I'm not going to go through unnecessary things because it makes you feel better. Yeah. Like you want a C-section because, oh, I don't want to miss. Well, no, because 
that's major surgery on my body. Now, see, for me, that doesn't matter. But for other people, like, <laughs> that's major surgery on my body. Yeah. And amnio is a giant-ass needle going into my body yeah. that could actually harm your child. Exactly. There are risks If not medical ne- medically yeah. necessary. Yeah. So you have to know where you stand. And you have to be able to say, like, I don't want that. Or, yes, I'll agree to that. And you can't think, oh, I know my IPs. They would never. No, because people change. Your IPs at the beginning and your IPs during and your IPs after may not be the same. As much as you want them to be, as much as you think you know them and it's all fantastic and great, people change. Yeah, there's some 180 bullshit sometimes. (laughs) There is no contract that requires them to continue to agree with you. Yeah, don't allow yourself to be railroaded. No, because at the end of the day, the only one standing up for you is you. So stand up for yourself. Also, who you're going to want with you when you have a baby. Think about this. Because there are times when it may become impossible for your support person to be in the room at the same time as your IPs. Yeah. If you are delivering twins at the hospital that I deliver at, you are required, even if you have them vaginally, to deliver in the OR. It is standard procedure. The OR is only supposed to have one person in with you because there's a shit ton of people in there for when there's a C-section. There's a whole second set of like operating nurses and stuff along mm-hmm. with the anesthesiologist and your OB. Yeah. So you have to really think like, how okay are you with a c-section and are you going to be okay if it's your intended mom with you there to see her baby being born or do you want your mom or your husband there by your side yeah it's true those are things that you need to think about first because that birth plan (laughs) might come to you all of a sudden and you're like what the hell is this yeah and don't feel bad about what you want. Like, if you want your spouse in there, then your spouse needs to be there. Done. Like, mm-hmm. do not be made to feel bad about that. And if you don't give two shits if your spouse is in there, then cool story, bro. He can be ready with ice cream outside. Like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. fine. Some people are super one way and some people are super the other way. And that is a-okay because at the end of the day, that's what's important to you. Like, you don't have to compromise on what's important to you. You can find people that are fine with that and and you don't need to feel bad either way and so just don't decide what's important to you and and be cool with that and find IPs that are cool with that yeah that was one for me that I straight out the gate I'm like look I'm a scheduled c-section yay for you you get to schedule life also if they say we can only have one person it's not gonna be you yeah. Yeah. So you can see your baby in about forty-five seconds to two minutes in the nursery if yeah. you want, or you can wait till we're rolled out, recovery. I mean, whatever. However you want to do it, it's fine. It, once it's out, you do you, man. That's that's yeah. your baby, but this that's is fine. my delivery. Yeah. Right. And when you go in for something like that, again, your life is actually at risk. Mm-hmm. I always thought of it, and this is probably awful. If I go in there, it's gonna be great, and something goes wrong, and I'm gonna die. I don't want the last person I see to be like my IPs. As much as they're great, yeah. sorry. No, it's like legit. that's not yeah. who I want. You're not going to be offering me any comfort. As much as, like, we might have a great relationship and you're fantastic and sweet and great, and it's like you're going to be really caring for me. I still don't want you. But you're not my person. Yeah. 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 So, and things. 
can go wrong and you need somebody it needs to be who you're comfortable making those vocal decisions if you cannot make them themselves Mm -hmm. something to advocate advocate for for you you. yeah so if you happen to be bleeding out in an emergency room (laughs) and a random ob who doesn't know you asks if you should be taken up for an emergency hysterectomy or if they should try to remove your placenta manually you need somebody there who if you cannot speak up for yourself knows what your decision would be in that situation and can speak up for you not that she's speaking from experience at all hashtag true life (laughs) (laughs) so hashtag real scary yeah yeah so just remember like you are important you are not just a uterus oh feel good moment you is kind you You is smart you You is is important important. (laughs) and with that peace out bitches